Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Especially if you've already registered for TXETA. Yeah, the wording was a little, it wasn't very straightforward, uh, but uh, the in person, live, whatever you want to call it, Galveston version of TXETA is unfortunately very disappointingly canceled. Not disappointing in the people that had to make those tough decisions, but had to make those tough decisions, but uh, it's just disappointing that mm, you're not masking. Well, maybe you are, but you're not, and uh, maybe get vaccinated. Not that I'm telling you what to do with your body, although the state of Texas is, but anyway, I digress. Uh, it's just, <laughs> what a horrible, if you just look back at this week, just what a horrible week uh, for people that care about um, letting people make decisions for themselves, but you know, it's, it's whatever. But, you know, the irony, I guess, not to get too political, the irony is uh, our governor said, hey, uh, women, you can't make decisions anymore for yourself. It's not your body. It's, uh, you know, the God's body. I don't know. Uh, and then and then, and also, hey, it's your decision to get vaccinated. Like, so it's just a it's just a really odd uh, time that we're living in right now. So it's very contradictory, very hypocritical, very, uh, in the words of the greatest performer of all time, Alanis Morissette, quite ironic, don't you think? So anyway, enough of that. Nobody listens to this to get political, but this week I do have, uh, an amazing teacher on. Again, I, uh, wanted to get, I'm trying to, I'm trying really hard uh, to branch out to areas and schools and uh, maybe districts and regions that aren't touched as much. It's really difficult because, well, it's just, it's just not easy to, you know, some of these people aren't as networked because they're, they're secluded. And so I reached out to Troy Herbert and Herbert and, uh, excuse me, and, uh, uh, Troy was gracious enough to be interviewed, and again, it was one of those, I don't know him from Adam, uh, now I know him a little better, and I started talking to him and realized, man, I, like, I could make a two, three hour podcast out of this conversation. It was just really easy, super easy to talk to him. Uh, one of the actually easier conversations that I've had, it was just very natural and um, he was very giving with his time and very giving with his information and talking about himself a little bit, which is very difficult for people. I've talked about that before, but very difficult for theater people to talk about themselves. So uh, it was great to talk to him. And I will want to do that again. And, you know, uh, there were some plans to, to meet up with some people again at the end of September. Uh, I believe Troy was going to try to make his way out. I don't I don't remember uh, that or not. But um, you know, it's fun to finally put like in-person faces with the names. Now I know it's on zoom, so I could recognize them, but it's just, it would be neat to meet some of the people that I've interviewed that I've never actually met in person. So anyway, that was fun, but unfortunately it's canceled. So we move on. So I am, you know, I started thinking about this. My dad went to the university of Texas. He didn't graduate from there. He went, he uh, graduated from UH, but he was, he bled burnt orange, uh, growing up cause he grew up in Austin 
And my sister went to A&M, whoop, uh, went to A&M and graduated from there. She bleeds maroon. Uh, and so I was raised in what they call a house divided in the state of Texas, which I think is a very common thing that's not exclusive to Texas colleges. Uh, but I feel that way when it comes to my sort of uh, volunteerism for theater across the state of Texas because I work and volunteer for TXCTA and I work and volunteer for Texas Thespians and I love both of them. I don't have an agenda for either of them. I just like doing it. Uh, I know some people on both sides have agendas. I'm not going to name names obviously but uh, they would love to be able to move up or move around or do this or do that but uh, not I uh, said the uh, I don't remember that but anyway not I said the whatever and so I now move on to TTEC. Actually, as I record this, I'm uh, about to get on a, a call with the amazing Darla Jones. I feel like I should say Dr. Darla Jones, but uh, talk to Darla about getting the guest artist planned for TTEC. Obviously, we're planning it because it's in January, and we hope that everything by then has slowed down. Please, dear Lord. I really hope it slowed down, but because uh, I would just, I don't want anything to get, keep getting canceled. Uh, but we are in the planning stages for that, so there'll be some stuff released about like, hey girl, you want to uh, teach at TTEC? We're going to try to make it real intimate and uh, customize it real nice and make it real purdy and stiff. Uh, so TTEC is, is not too far away. It's late January, so it's already in September. So we've just got a few months, and uh, obviously big festival Registration starts this week for the Texas Thespian State Festival. I don't believe we are taking students. My school, again, private, uh, has decided not to travel, at least for now. So that's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, the festival is still happening. And I, I, I really hope that people are able to make it and be safe about it and mask up and all that kind of good stuff. And maybe, you never know, maybe by... Uh, Thanksgiving week, uh, that things will slow down as well. You just, you have to hope, you have to be optimistic uh, and be all good with that. Uh, another thing happening is I, I, we're building Greece right now. I've never done Greece. Uh, apparently a lot of high schools uh, don't do it uh, because, well, the hand jive. <laughs> Awkward. Anyway, so uh, we are building that right now and it's <laughs> it's fun. I got to say, I'm being a spoiled brat, but it's fun to do shows at schools that uh, I'm not going to say there's no budget. There is def most definitely a budget, but the budget is higher, and everybody's got to experience that. Not everybody can be Josh Hearson at Seven Lakes, uh, where all you've ever done is teach at a school where you really just have an unlimited budget, and people that have seen his shows can understand that uh, sentiment right there, but uh, it is kind of cool. We're building out grease lightning right now you know there's going to be stuff after the show that i might say on the podcast hey if you're ever thinking about doing grease we might have something for you but like i made signs this week big old signs that say burger palace and uh that say welcome back rydell high class of 59 just big old signs that cover the whole stage and it's really fun i just really enjoy my job have i mentioned that so Anyway, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's healthy. Another shout out to Annie. Uh, you know, I uh, just just keep on thinking about you. Uh, so uh, whatever you do, give a little give a little prayer up for Annie. And uh, I know some people have had some uh, tough times recently. 
shout out to Sammy too. I don't know if you're listening to this, but uh, uh, I, you know what I'm talking about. I, I hope you're doing okay. But uh, anyway, enough of that. I want you to hear this amazing fun time that I had with Troy, uh, Troy Herbert, uh, and he's just he was just a ball of fun. So uh, give me a shout out on the Twitter, on the Facebook, leave me a review, whatever you want, and I will talk to you cool cats next week. So my journey in theater is um, maybe a, a, an interesting one. We had, uh, I grew up in a small town. Well, when Fredericksburg, Texas was a small town before it became um, the tourist industry that it is now. I grew up in a small town. So my first the- theatrical experience was being the MC for the for our kindergarten graduation. And um, I remember like in second or third grade, I got to play Snoopy in a production of, of a classroom production of Your Good Man, Charlie Brown. And, um, you know, no stages or anything, just a classroom thing. And then when I was in high school, Laverne Loving was my high school drama teacher. And um, she was also my English teacher. And she had put up a, a sign saying, you know, looking for plays for next year. And so this was in the 80s. And she said one of the possibilities was to do MASH. And I was a huge fan of the TV show MASH. And so um, we didn't have enough guys try show interest. And so being the band geek that I was, I rounded up all of my band friends to come out and be part of the show. And so I guess MASH probably got me hooked. And, um, and then I tried to run away from theater and not do it. I'm not sure what that was about. And um, did theater all the way through, but it was just like a hobby, right? All the way through high school. And then um, decided I was gonna be a landscape architect major at Texas A&M University. And lasted about a semester in that program. Went, got to see Martin Landau play the role of Dracula at a touring show that came through. And I remember sitting in the audience, turning to my uh, high school friend saying, man, I miss theater. I miss this. I think I'm going to take a theater class next semester. Now, being uneducated about college or any of those things, because my folks didn't go to college. And so everything was new about this experience at A&M. Um, I went to my advisor and I know I said, I know I said, I would like to take a theater class. And he filled out paperwork and he stamped some things and and he said, go to the College of Liberal Arts. Okay, so I went into the College of Liberal Arts and they looked at the paperwork and they went boom, 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 boom. Uh, Go to this building, find Robert Wank and um, talk to him about taking a class, what classes you need to take. I said, okay, so I walked to that building and he punched some things into the computer and he stamped some things and he looked up at me and shook my hand and said, congratulations, you're a theater major. <laughs> now, I didn't go running from that. I walked back to the dorm and went, well, this is going to be interesting. So um, Texas A&M was not known for its theater program, 
but uh, Roger Schultz was the uh, head of the theater program. Uh, Coach Wank was the um, was the the experience on the campus, and um, Roger built an incredible program over the, the next four years. I had opportunities to work with members of the Royal Shakespeare Company. We had Jeffrey Dench come in. Uh, that's Judy Dench's brother played uh, our King Lear when we did King Lear. And um, so didn't know where I was heading with this degree. Roger says, hey, you wanna make some money this summer? I need you to run a summer theater camp. I'd never been to a theater camp, but he said, here's the script you're gonna do, have fun. I did that and I did have fun. And that's when I realized, you know, I, I don't have any real aspirations to try to do this as a profession, professionally as a performer or a director, but I really loved working with kids and doing theater. I fell in love with it almost immediately. Um, I then had the opportunity to work with Dr. Roberto Pomo. They brought him out to Texas A&M and um, he brought in a lot of multicultural work with us. And um, he came from the University of Texas at El Paso, UTEP, and, uh, and then got a, the call as I was graduating, he got the call to come back and lead the program at UTEP. And so he says, hey, you need to come out and do this. We just so happened to be working on a show that we were gonna take out to El Paso for the Siglo de Oro Festival, which is a festival uh, that they hold at the National Park here um, that celebrates gold, the age of golden theater, the Spanish golden theater. I get out here, work with another professor from UTEP, and he says, um, you know, there's a job opening here. I think you'd be really good at that job. So my wife, I was married by that time, my wife and I drove out to Socorro High School on the far east side of El Paso in the middle of cotton fields. The wind was blowing dust across the street, and I thought, this, I told her, I said, this better be good. And walked on to a beautiful new facility. And um, long story short, I ended up with the job and uh, that's my first job. So I've been out here at Socorro for 32 years uh, working with the Socorro Bulldogs and our uh, Teo Tristas is the name of our theater company. And so that was 32 years ago that we made that move. So I, this week I started my 30, Second year at Socorro High School. Wow. Good for you. How, how many Socorro theater shirts do you own? I have a stack, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I have a stack in my closet <laughs> with this intention of one day yeah. it's going to be a, uh, like a, a quilt. A quilt, yeah. I, I was going to say, you know, I taught, I, I taught, the most I've taught in a school is seven years at one school and uh, the, I made a quilt during the, you know, during COVID time, COVIDcation, if you will, co you know, uh, and so I can't imagine the quilt you're going to make, <laughs> but good for you. So 32 years. So uh, as you've seen the program kind of, obviously it's become yours. Uh, what are, what are some of your proudest moments that you've had now uh, as a theater teacher and I know there, I know there are way too many to, to choose from. I, I understand that, but you know, narrow it down to a handful that that are 
just kind of those moments that you've had uh, as an educator in your program or even outside of your program? Because there are quite a few theater teachers that do other things uh, with within mm-hmm. the school, within the community. So what are what are some of those uh, some of those stories you've got? Well, my um, one of my favorites is I mentioned Jeffrey Dench. Uh, we I was lucky enough to have you know, the timing always just has to be right in these things. And I'm a firm believer in serendipity. Opportunities pop up and be willing to be open and take advantage of those opportunities. I had a a principal that uh, was very, very supportive of our program. And I came up with the idea that I would love to bring Jeffrey in and work with the kids on some Shakespeare. And he says, I'll find the money. And he fought for the money. He brought Jeffrey in. Uh, He played uh, Duncan in our production of Macbeth. And I was all set to do this production and bring in like the senior theater classes. And uh, we have a 1200 seat theater. (laughs) And uh, Tony looked at me, as my principal, Tony looked at me and he says, Oh, no, 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 no. I fought to find money to bring this guy in. Every kid at Socorro High School is going to see this play. And I went into sheer panic because here I have Jeffrey Dench coming in and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And um, the kids were like, we're going to make this work, mister. We're going to make it happen. Don't worry about it. And we get into the theater and they pack the theater. And uh, I go up and greet the audience. And I'm like, listen, here's the deal. If we don't behave, I'm sending you back to your room. So let's make sure we get through this. And I run up to the booth. I don't know why I ran up to the booth. But anyway, I ran up to the booth. And the crowd is just like, you know, 1,200 kids. And they're talking away. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be terrible. And I get the mic ready to tell them that's it we're done and the lights go down and they get louder and then the first sound effect happens and the witches appear and the room goes silent no not none of it it was like silent and the witches do their thing and the end of the scene the room explodes with applause and then lights come up on the next cue and the same thing all the way through. So in between, we had two performances in between two performances, as I walked to the office to, you know, do the office things you have to do. I had kids high-fiving me in the hall. Like, that was so cool, mister. I mean, the, you know, the thugs of the thugs and the smarts of the smarts and the shy of the shies were so excited to see Shakespeare. And uh, that was just, an, you know, that was, it's hard to top that one. Yeah. That's that. Wh- how long ago was that? Did you, did you mention that? That had to be, gosh, the, one of the witches just got her PhD in dramaturgy at oh. Yale. Oh. So it's been a long time ago. It's been 15 <laughs> years ago, probably wow. 15, 16 years ago, I would think. Yeah. Wow crazy and and then so that kind of thing happens does that change 
your mentality at all? Does that change how you end up starting to, to, to produce things for the school, for the community, or is that was that kind of an anomaly? Well, I think for me it said we can do anything, right? We can do um, – suddenly I wasn't like, well, is that appropriate? Not appropriate is the wrong word, but is it something that our, 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 our community will accept? Is it something that our community will enjoy? And I think it opened up the doors for me to just think more openly about what was possible. And also since that time, we've done, you know, everything from original works to Moliere to, you know, anything, anything that Moby Dick the musical. We did Moby Dick the musical, which I think (laughs) right now would get me fired. But (laughs) yeah, so. Has, has there been a show that you, I mean, maybe it's Moby Dick, but has there been a show that you've kind of walked in on eggshells thinking, oh man, if I can get away with this, then, uh, then, <laughs> then, then I'm pretty secure in my position or, or somebody likes me. Uh, has there been that show? I think, you know what? I think Moby Dick, the musical, yeah. um, it wasn't until after it was over with that I went, huh, How did... <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but I got no complaints. I mean, not yeah, like yeah. zero. Yeah. Um, it's funny how then, that works. Well, I guess what, yeah. what has surprised me is when things that I've had, you know, that I've been called down to the principal's office and said, Hey, uh, I want to talk to you about something. You're like, Oh gosh, what happened? And it's always the stuff that surprises me. Right. And it's not, and it's happened very, very rarely. So it does shock me when that happens. We yeah. did, um, um, she kills monsters Yeah, and had a, um, principal call me in and say, uh, I really need to talk to you about this. And he goes, I'm really mad. He goes, I don't know if I'm mad at you or am I mad at myself? <laughs> and I'm digging. I'm like, I'm going through my brain. Like, what could he possibly be upset about? And he was upset about the kiss. Yeah. There's a kiss. In the, um, and uh, he was upset about that. I'm like, man, you you lucked out. The night you saw it, the kids pulled the light cue early. That kiss was <laughs> like a fraction of a second. So, <laughs> so that, that has surprised me yeah. more. I think that has surprised. I've been blessed that. Um, I guess because I've been in the community long enough that I think people trust me. Um, and so th- even if they think maybe I've gone a little over the edge, they're willing just to say, hey, I think you went over the edge and they drop it. Right. So, how, how long do you think it took you in your community for them to, I don't want to say not question you, but kind of trust that you had their kids' best interests uh, Hmm. You know, that, that was, that was your, it was your best, it was their best interest in your program and your, your intention. Do you know about how long it took? Yeah. You know, it, it happened fast. Yeah. I think, I think it took two or three years. Okay. The first season I wasn't the lead director. And then, so I, I came into a program. They started that year when I started there, they had a, they started a program for at-risk students that was centered around theater. And I was the tech director for that. And um, with lots of money, there was lots of drug. This was from, you know, early, early 90s. Yeah. So there was lots of anti-drug money. And there was a grant that paid for field trips. And 
uh, guest speakers and trainings and, and all kinds of things for this. It was really relatively small group of kids, but it was kind of like a school within a school on our campus for a few years. Um, and then when the money ran out, then we just became the theater program on campus. Yeah. And so what... I think good. I think that those kids, a lot of those kids went from a admin point of view, because I was taking kids that they were struggling with, and all I was doing was doing theater with them. I wasn't doing anything uh, anything that any other theater teacher is, is doing. I, I think that they saw value in what was happening. And so the trust came pr- very quickly. Yeah. Has this big, beautiful, amazing auditorium that you walked into 30 plus years ago, is it still big, amazing, and beautiful to you? <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, right now it's a big dirt pit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I tell people I wore it out. Uh, they, um, <laughs> So I did, you know, when I walked into that theater, uh, my wife and I, when we walked in there, you could still smell the new varnish on the floor. Um, no, we, uh, the district passed a bond. We're the oldest school in our district and uh, the building was definitely showing its age. And so we're in the middle of construction and the theater is being been completely gutted and is being rebuilt. Yeah. So, so that begs to question and, and, I've been to El Paso before a couple of times and you guys have, uh, I don't know if it's considered a regional theater. I don't think it is, but it's, uh, I've, I've done lighting in, oh man. And I can picture it. I can picture where the bus parked and everything. It's very colorful. There's like a mural, but anyway, there's a theater in El Paso that is old (laughs) that, 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 that I have, that I've been to when I was, uh, during my time with straight, no chaser, uh, we played it, I think, once or twice, but, um, and I, and I, uh, I'm blanking if I, you know, if I typed in right now, if my crack research team, which is me typed in right now, right. uh, you know, theaters in El Paso, but so, so what, you know, I've always been fascinated with the fact that there are theaters, you know, the Fox in St. Louis and Detroit and these, these big old, old theaters, yes. historic theaters, that are still running and, and doing well. And I know the, the financial element might, you know, there are people probably listening to this that are like, yeah, the community pays for it. We get it. But why, why does a theater like that? Why does a theater like yours? And, and this happened at Dulles too. And why do these, these school theaters, in your opinion, as someone that just said they taught tech. So you have a little bit of that, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you have that knowledge in you. Why do you think some of these theaters are, are falling apart? Are, as you say, you know, you ran it to the end of the ground pretty much. You, you ran it out. What, what, what is it about these spaces that aren't being built? This is a very specific question for you, Troy, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to, I, I want to be clear that that's my joke that I ran it. Yeah. Oh, ground, I know. I know. But, I know. I know. Yeah. I okay. We, um, we know you're not my, out there like, with coyote and roadrunner and blowing things up with your acme tnt but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you know we we did get to the point i um you know i've got some kids in class right now that have you know their parents are working on this new building and they're like why did they tear those seats out and i said because they were worn out <laughs> they're like no they looked fine and i said no the the fabric was 
disintegrating. The, the metal was deteriorating. I think being in a school system as long as I've been, I think that when a bond pops up, there's a grand vision. And um, I think that the people that pass that bond and, and work on that, they, uh, you know, they have a dream for their community. And I do believe, you know, it's not just about money. It's about what do our kids deserve? I tell my kids, this is a gift to you. And we need to treat it that way. You take care of it like a present. But I think that after, you know, a school board moves on and admin moves on, it just becomes a building to them and it becomes an expense. And I think sometimes it's hard to justify dropping a ton of money into the space. I think it's hard. And so then I think what happens is, um, is that when it comes time to, to pay to replace lighting or whatever, things have to be in such bad shape that that's when you can get things fixed instead of slowly replacing things as time. Question? Yeah, that totally answers the question. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever even asked anybody that, but it just, it just, you know, you mentioned uh, right at the top of this that you, you know, you walked in with your wife and just, it was a beautiful space and whatever. Could, what is your wife, like, what does your wife do now? She's a fifth grade math teacher. Oh boy. Oh, bless her. Yeah. So my, yes. yeah, <laughs> golly, my mom was, a, my exactly. mom, my mom was a sixth grade math teacher. So it's, you know, very, very similar. So, oh man, that's, uh, she must have her stories are, I should get her on the podcast. Her story. Oh, yes. <laughs> her story. Anyway. And then she can tell you about all the times that I call and say, dear, yeah. do you have time to come down to the theater tonight? <laughs> yeah. The show opens next week and I don't have costumes or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, she, oh, thank God she, she jumps in and helps. So does she have a theater background? No. no, she just dated a theater guy yeah. all through college by so association. She, she, she knew what she was getting into. <laughs> <laughs> right. So as, as far, and I've asked this to a couple of people, you know, she's probably one of your, and, and, it, and I would assume most of the time quiet about it, but she's probably one of your bit of, biggest critics. Uh, but at the same time also knows when not to speak to you about a show because she probably understands the stress you're going through. But <clears throat> has there been a time that her opinion or her feedback has kind of changed or, 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 uh, I don't want to say swerved, uh, you know, kind of, I'll just stick with mm -hmm. changed. I'm not a, I'm not an English major, so my vocabulary is not very good, but <laughs> that kind of changed the direction you were going, or maybe even gave you, maybe gave you that light bulb moment that said, Oh yeah, I could do that with this character, or that character, or this show or that show. Has she ever been able to give yep. that kind of opinion now? She's been really good about, because we talk about everything. So she's been really good about seeing the kids journey in a show so even if she hasn't met them she knows their stories <laughs> um so but i think she uh absolutely i mean she'll say she'll come in she'll go well that doesn't work <laughs> i don't i don't know well i no, that costume is not going to work or no that scene doesn't work she has um both of our boys were in the 
in the program. And so she watched them grow up in the theater as well. And so um, she has, she, she's pretty good about just letting things be. And then later on right. saying, you know, I think, <laughs> or, or wasn't my favorite show, but I enjoyed the kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's good. It's good to have that kind of honest feedback. Uh, I gotta, it I, is. I gotta go back and explore the mash thing. So you, you said ah. that. So there's a. I didn't know there was a, a ma- Is this a play? Yeah, it's a play that's based on the movie. Okay. So um, I, or the characters are from yeah. the movie. So uh, Tim Kelly did the adaptation. Um, I played Walt Waldowski, the painless Polish poker parlor and dental clinic. You yeah. guys any have any trouble with your tusks? I'm the man to see. On Wednesdays and Fridays, you run bingo games. Helps relieve the tension. Okay, so I still remember that. <laughs> I don't, that's great. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever had anybody quote something that was from their, uh, you know, original story. There, <laughs> that's the root of your theater beginnings. That's really great. Uh, I must have had a rough time memorizing that or something because yeah, it's firmly implanted. It is stuck. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so is is Mash your because you you and my wife would get along. She she loves Mash, but is Mash your favorite television show or or mo- I guess movie too? But I'm a big fan of the TV show. Yeah. I guess. Um, what's your opinion? I love. What's your opinion on Andy Kaufman? I love him too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 I love, I love people who entertain me. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I love people who make me pay attention. Uh, and I guess that's what I love about MASH. I think yeah. it made me pay attention as a young, as a young person. And then as, you know, as I got older, watching the sophistication of, of the storylines and the intricacies of the, the way they wove those stories together. Yeah. Um, really respected the work that Alan Alda did, right. both directing, writing, and and performing. So, um, yeah, I, I I think I still have the beach towel. Uh, a friend of <laughs> mine gave me uh, gave me a beach towel that says Mash on it, and we had a big party for the last episode of Mash. Is um, is there a do you do you still watch any like uh, you know any shows, whether it be regular old quote-unquote regular television or you know is it uh you know netflix hulu any any anything like that like do you i'm watch loving it? ted I, i'm loving ted lasso right oh, now. oh you're the next you, you know i i did this I, so as we record this <laughs> i have a mustache right and so somebody today at school because because today was the first day back <clears throat> Again, okay. as we record this, this is going to come out in a couple weeks, but today was the first day back with the full staff at my school, and I, I'm new. This is my first time, at the first first year at this new school, and I'm completely spoiled. It's going to be where I retire. It's just, it's mm-hmm. it's amazing, right? And I already know that. Hopefully, they'll, hopefully they know, they agree. But, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but anyway, I, I shaved down to a mustache last night, uh, partially because and this sounds disgusting, but I, I kept finding my own hair in my food and I was tired of it. <laughs> like I was, <clears throat> right. <laughs> you know, I was just, I was, I was done. And so last night I was eating dinner and it, and it happened. And I was just like, I'm done. Like I, I need to shave this off. And so I jokingly shaved down to a mustache 
and my four-year-old what lost it for about 30 minutes in a good way like was belly laughing and there's no sound better than a genuine kid laugh like it's just the, it's just the best and it's so you're so true yeah and so i thought oh man i've hit i've hit a gold mine here so i kept the mustache and and <laughs> and this morning i left before she woke up and then i got home and immediately walked in and she just starts laughing again <laughs> and i was like she's laughing at me not with me so but right. i don't i don't care <laughs> Uh, so I kept the mustache, but anyway, I talked to somebody at school today, long story short, long story long. And they said, Hey, have you watched Ted Lasso? And I said, why? And they said, cause you look like him right now. <laughs> so anyway, so Ted Lasso back to you. Yeah. Enough about oh, me. No, no. I, what I love about Ted Lasso is, and I, I'm still in season one. Yes. Yeah. I was too cheap to pay for, uh, sure. my Apple, um, subscription. But anyway, I, um, I love that the whole idea of this concept of creating this um, series from what, from a commercial? Yeah. I think it was like yeah, from yeah. a commercial. And then I think, but there's so much awful, awfulness, if that's a word, in our world right now. And Ted Lasso is, I keep going, he's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and funny, but his heart is is amazingly strong, and I think that we don't see enough of that in the world. And I think that's what I love. And it's clever. The characters are clever. I told my our tech director, I said, I don't know how do you get the chemistry in a cast that fast? Because like back when Mash and Cheers and all that, some of those shows took seasons before they really connected. And these modern shows which i know there's a lot of money writing on them but boy they develop chemistry fast yeah. and their writing is so good for their actors so i admire that well i think you know if we this is getting into a deep dive um and and again that's the format of my podcast is there is no format is we just have a conversation <laughs> but you know and maybe this is me showing my generation but I think this is going to sound crazy, and I hope people just run with me with this. I think Adam Sandler had a lot to do with uh, the idea of just have your friends join you. Just, mm. just, just produce stuff with your friends, and people are going to see you having fun. And mind you, this may only work with a, a comedy. Not This isn't, you know, you're not going to find this with some deep drama or tragedy necessarily. You, you might. But like Adam Sandler did these comedies that were just with his friends and they're, they're, it's true. you know, whether you think that they're funny or not, they have stood the test of time. And I think that formula really works. So I think part of what works with Ted Lasso is there are quite a few people on here that are on that show on here. I'm saying it like we're on it right now, but that are on that show that are, that have been friends for over a decade. And so I think the chemistry part of things is just, Go find people that you know you work well with, and let's create something. So, that's awesome. I, I, but I think it goes right back into what we do with kids every year. A hundred. What do we do? We build a team. We build chemistry. We yeah. build. You know, this year the focus is all on SEL lessons, yeah. and I sit there and go, "Man, that's what I do all the time." What yes. You, what are the other teachers doing? <laughs> right. So, 
yeah, I think you're right. That's so. So that. speak on. So speak on that a little bit, because you know there there are a lot of new teachers. I just talked to one actually. There are a lot of new teachers that listen to this podcast to kind of get. Um, and I, and I didn't know this until probably sixty or seventy episodes into this podcast that a a, a large majority of my of my listeners are they're Billy Dragoo, Julio Morales, uh, and then new teachers. <laughs> Those are, that's, that's it. That's my fan base. So, uh, you know, so, uh, uh, but the new teachers listen to this to kind of get that idea of maybe, maybe it's reassurance, maybe it's ideas for their classroom, whatever it might be. But you just said something that resonates and that is that we, this SEL stuff that almost everybody throughout the state and maybe even beyond is working on right now, we already do that. So is there something that you can tell a teacher that might kind of be thinking, why am I having to learn this? Why am I, why are they teaching this to me? Am I doing something wrong? Is it something that I've, that, that they're not seeing in me? What is it about SEL that, uh, we can is there something in SEL in the training mm. that we can kind of grab gravitate to tra- get trained from the silver line you know we're all sitting in these PDs going ugh i already uh, do i already right. do, you know <laughs> i already do this what is it that we can still take away from some of this stuff and maybe it's as easy as just saying it's affirmation but it what is, is affirmation yeah. uh so i want I you think, i want I, you to speak on it i'm please. i'm not going to discount that i think most, I'm, I'm making a guess here, most theater teachers in the state and across the country probably work by themselves. And so they, they can't go across the hall and look and see what the other teacher is doing. Or if you're in my situation, like I have a fabulous um, tech director and, you know, she, she does amazing things. I, I'm blessed with that. But she teaches different classes than I do. So even that is different. But I think the affirmation is so incredibly important. I think at many times it's, it's lonely being a theater teacher because the perception on campus is that, well, you're just having fun or, well, only the kids who want to be in your classes are there, which neither of those things is true. But um so I think in those trainings, I think it's important that you go, oh, okay, you know, I could steal that, which we're really good at doing. I could take that little thing and then right, return it into a bigger activity or something. And then I'm just going to say that take time to do that SEL, do those bonding things. It's the payoff. The payoff is so huge if you can pull a group together and um, and make them feel safe and make them feel comfortable and make them feel heard. Um, you're not just teaching theater, you're, you're changing some lives. I had a, an experience several years ago. We, I don't even remember the show, but I was stunned. We finished the show and you know I was greeting audience members and I was talking to family members and there was a young woman um, a woman and she was there in a coat like like she never took her coat off in the theater and she stood up 
and I recognized the eyes, but I couldn't remember, you know, I couldn't place her. I'm like, where do I know this person from? And then she just came up to me and she said, Mr. Herbert, I just have to tell you, thank you for being my teacher with tears in her eyes. And then she walked off and I've never seen her again. I have no idea what I did in class, except that I always want to make kids feel safe. And I want that my classroom to be a safe place. I, I want the experience to be a safe experience and I want them to feel like they're important and somewhere along the line I made the connection there but I I I feel bad that I don't I didn't know who she was but it's kind of haunting uh the I guess I don't know if this is a paradox or not again not an English teacher but (laughs) a couple days ago um well, no, yesterday, my head of upper school, and yes, that's a hoity-toity term for us <laughs> private school, independent teachers, whatever you want to call it, but uh, who, who I just met asked us to go around, and this is the, the quote-unquote new faculty for the entire high school, which is eight strong, and asked <laughs> us, yeah, asked us to explain our why to, mm-hmm. uh, to him, and, and I said, my why is because I don't feel that students are given enough safe spaces. And when I was in theater, I always felt safe. And so my why is that I want other students to feel safe and be able to be themselves and be, you know, be whatever they want to be. And that's what, what's, what's sort of like my, you know, he's looking at me like, well, yeah, they better be safe. You're teaching tech theater. Like oh. if they you know, <laughs> no. you know, if they're not safe, we shouldn't have hired you, but it's not that kind of safe. And yes, I obviously, I, you know, yes, I want them to be, right. I don't want them to chop off a pinky, you know, with a saw, but that's not the kind of safe I was referring to. And so for you to say that is affirmation for me, uh, not to age you, uh, but you know, I've been, this is my 12th year. So it okay, is, you know, right? we, we have a gap if you will. Um, just because you're in year, what, what'd you say? 32, uh, 32. just cause it's 20 more years. Doesn't mean you're 20 years older than me. It just means you got an earlier start. That's all it means. There we uh, go. Yeah, I like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but I, I appreciate you saying that because for me and for other people that I think are, sometimes afraid to admit that it's okay that safe is the answer. That's okay. That, uh, it, it's okay that you don't, you don't need to say, Hey, I want the best one act play. Um, that's my goal, you know? Um, and, and I think there are a lot of teachers that are afraid of that not being their goal. Uh, kids to, can't, well, I think all individuals, but kids in particular can't create if they don't feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your foundation. That's your bedrock or your, your, um, the soil in the garden is that safe place for them to grow into. Um, I think it's a challenge now. Yeah. It was easier when I was a younger teacher. I think, um, phones and, um, social media have made things. There are things that now go on that you aren't aware of. And sometimes we find out about what's really happening too late. And that's a challenge. Yeah. So you've got to really keep your ear to the ground, really have to keep your ear to the ground to maintain that safe space that you have. 
Okay, so I, I want to get you out on this, uh, and you just kind of alluded to it, and you started going into it, but we'll we'll keep we'll build on it. Uh, so for those teachers that are out there that aren't sure how to build that safe space, or aren't sure if they're even building a safe space, and probably are, what is some advice that you can give to a teacher? And it doesn't have to be a new teacher. It could just be a teacher that at the moment is just maybe having apprehensions or uh, you know, there are a lot of theater teachers out there that are now in their third or fourth year, but for the last almost two years now have not been doing a, have not had a traditional classroom. So they're second guessing or not sure, whatever. Do you have some advice, some words of wisdom? Every time I say wisdom, by the way, this tells you how much of a Texas theater person I am. I think of Larry wisdom, but anyway, that, I, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that's really sad and, and unfortunate. We need help. But anyway, uh, right. what 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 sort of what sort of advice could you give those people that says, hey, uh, you know, if you if you just kind of hit these points and make sure the kids are this and that, then it's going to be OK. It's OK. Like the, the students are safe. You're making a safe environment. You're creating a safe environment. Do you have some sort of. Uh, right words of wisdom. And if it has nothing to do with that, I don't care. Give me some words of wisdom. <laughs> uh, well, one, be forgiving of yourself because you're, um, this is a high stress job. And, um, and I don't say that lightly. I, before the pandemic, it was hard. And during the pandemic, I don't know what your situation was, but during the pandemic out here in El Paso, it was, incredibly difficult because yeah. we never went back to school. Um, we never went back on campus. And um, and now the kids are a little different this year. So we've just finished, we're finishing up week one. So it's okay. It, re, remember that what you're doing is incredibly difficult. So that's my first bit of advice to learn how to forgive yourself because you're going to mess up. Three, model to the kids how to apologize. That's good. It's for them to see somebody, hear an adult say, I'm sorry, I really messed up and I didn't mean for this to happen yeah. is worth a lot. Um, and then never stop growing, learn. So find somebody to follow, find somebody to latch on to, find a mentor, find, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I told my kids today, um, find, you know, you need to find a mentor because I have one. When I grow up, I want to be that person, even though that person is only three years older than me. Yeah. You need to do that. Minor wisdom.